on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of journey into comics this is journey into comics 345 do not adjust your sets we are back today i am nate joining me as always the co-host with the co-most Podmaster himself welcome back yet again brando brando what's up nate it's good to be here today and uh you know the last episode we had a two-month period in between episodes you know uh from may to july it was and we named that episode the greatest hiatus little did i know that we would have a sequel <laughs> to that the greatest hiatus, hiatus the sequel and uh, uh also that episode came out on july 19th and today is december 19th as we record this interesting so, time eh? five months to the day we are back recording journey into comics and before and we're here to talk about Spider Man. We're not going to beat around the bush. It's going to be Spider Man, No Way Home. Uh, here, here th- th- yep. That, that's all that's we're talking it. about. Sorry. But, um, no other news. No other things. Uh, maybe touched on. Maybe uh, a- a- maybe acknowledged. But uh, but as far as like uh, details, no. But before we get into that, I think we owe everybody an explanation as to what's been going on with with this podcast, with our lives, because it has been five months, and I will go first. Sure. This show takes at least two people to tango. And there's three people, and all three of us have not been in the right place to record this podcast. Not in the same place. That's different. No, in the right place. And let's be specific on that. Since the last episode, I have finally been affected by what's been going on in the world. The big P word, the big C word, and not the one that ends with UNT. The <laughs> <laughs> that big thing that is still around, it's still doing its thing. Well, uh, I, I I've been healthy, thankfully, thankfully been healthy. My family's been healthy, thankfully. Yep. However. All of last year, while I was off work for a period of time during the big shutdown, 
uh, four like four weeks of that were paid. There was there was unemployment to be had there. It was a hassle to get that unemployment. By the way, I had to go four weeks without getting paid, and had I not been able to finagle some stuff, bills would have went unpaid. But we were able to somewhat make it work, despite the fact that I had family deaths during that year. That was also financially taxing. We managed. This year, it finally hit work. Not the the thing, the begat of the thing, the supply issues. Yeah. Parts issues, microchip issues. It's been it's that's been the story everywhere for everybody. And let's just say it has been the most stressful period of my entire adult life. I have battled a, a pretty deep depression during this time. There has been thoughts and talks of trying to find a different job. Me going to that different job would make me work so many hours because they're also behind on stuff and needing to get supplies out. But so, okay, so Brando, you're not getting enough hours. Um, you want hours. Like, okay, so I would go from being at a point where like I'm struggling for hours and money to a point where I am not making as much money, but working way more at a place that I don't have seniority. I've been at my current place of employment for almost 12 years full time. So I've got that time in. So we stuck through it. It's just now starting to look better now as in like December. Damn. So August, September, October, November have been nothing. My heart and my gut have felt nothing but butterflies. Anxiety constantly. Yes. Yes. I've had anxiety attacks. I've had severe bouts of depression where I just fucking want to live. I, I hide in my bed. That, that, that right there in that spot has a depression of, <laughs> of my depression. Um, uh, where I just lay there and I put something on and I don't want to come out of the room. But I've got two little boys out there that need me. That's the same reason why I haven't been doing a lot of podcasting. I haven't done any of this show and I haven't done any of Game Addicts since since this whole thing started. What we have done is uh, some rank em all episodes uh, that has been a far less taxing to do weekly episodes of. Sometimes we go weeks without doing episodes of that. Uh, right now, we are finally out of episodes of that to be airing. Uh, the, we, we're, we were blessed this year to have all the Metallica episodes drop, the Between the Buried and Me episodes drop, all the Van Halen episodes dropped. And now we're caught up, and we're still making content for the next round, next year. Season uh, two, if yeah. you will. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the thing with that show is that eventually we're going to try and keep it to where we always have stuff, but we're not always going to have stuff. You know, there's going to be a period, a block of time where there might be, we're waiting. We're not going to drop these episodes until we get them all done because we want them to be a, like as a whole, not a, you've, you're waiting for album three, uh, Van Halen and you've been waiting for a month. No, you're, if you get them all, you're going to get them all in a block and that's it. That's how we're doing it. But, you know, I've also been doing, uh, the world gaming trade show with my buddy, uh, Jeremy over there at the uh, in-game boss program. So check yeah. that out if you want to. I've been doing some episodes of that with him. So we're out there, but we're not as active. And we're not as active on this. And that may change in the coming year. But 
bear with us. We're going to try and get together more often. But I'm going to pass it over to Nate and let him tell from his perspective and his side what's been going on. Oh, man. Uh, so much that I can't talk about on the air, uh, mm-hmm. really. Like deep shit, shit that I I just can't talk about it. It's just it's hard. But 2021, like 2020 proved to be a really rough year. And it took a lot for me. And it was also giving. I did get a pretty awesome job. That does come with downfall and pitfall and things that um, dedication and someone like me who has a drive, you know, I'll, I'll drive it until it doesn't drive no more type deal. Um, I've given my all to this job and I've bled and sweat and cried and had anxiety attacks and crazy moments and been faced with a very real possibility of a gun being in our build, like I, all kinds of shit, man. And um, to, to really like, and ums, we're back to the old days, baby. I just pulled an um out. That's not good. Uh, but anyways, uh, this year has been so mentally taxing on me. Um, to, to be honest, there have been, there have been days when I've wanted to just like, all right, I'm gonna tell everybody podcast is done. Like I'm not doing any of that anymore. Like, Apparently, the only thing I'm going to be put on this earth for is to work because that's all I can find like time for. <laughs> and that's been a lot. It's been um, hard to like create work life balance and learn to not give everything and, and still give my all, if that makes any sense. But um, it's been a hard year. Uh, I have really, 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 really felt like myself in my head some days go do I laugh anymore? Like, what is that? What is laughter? I don't even know what that feels like. And it's like, Oh fuck. It's, it's not. And and here's the part that kind of gives me, and this is going to sound so backwards and totally uh, me. Cause you know me, I'm still an eternal optimist. It, it didn't die just because of everything that's going on. And then deep in my brain meets, I go, well, I know I'm suffering from it. I know so many, like almost everybody I work with is suffering from this thing like from depression or from the fear of the virus or fear of losing loved ones because of whatever, you know, like all these things encompassing. And then I go, Oh, well, we are in a global pandemic and, you know, uh, we are a hive mind, you know, that's a real thing, whether we can um, scientifically quantify exactly how it works. It has been proven that we all have this like huge um, morphic field over the human consciousness and if that morphic field right now has all our individual little energies being like oh depressed sad depressed sad this is the great depression bro it's just a different kind you know what i'm saying like in the back in the old days they had the great depression it was financial ruin and it did bring a lot of depression into the world this is like we are um we're a fucking spaceship that has no more propulsion systems that just been pushed further out into space. And it's kind of spiraling and we're not really sure where we're going to end up. And because of that uncertainty and because this constant fear and, you know, COVID has gotten close to my home closer than I've ever expected. I mean, Ollie had it, you know, like I lived with COVID for the whole time he had it, man. It was, you know, um, it's a lot. And then you think about that. And then that's where more depression hits me. Cause I like, and just really opening up and being real here on the show. Like, uh, 
it makes me like go, God damn, like these kids are literally living in a traumatic situation and they will forever be shaped by this and have no idea. Literally, they have no chance to escape whatever PTSD will come from this era of our world. And uh, man, it's hard. It really is. Uh, I find myself like and, and I, you know, you could probably talk on this a little bit, but like I find myself incredibly emotional anymore. It's not just like, like if I'm feeling happy, it's like, oh my God, I have happiness. Like cling on to that shit as much as I can. If I'm feeling sad, like the easiest little thing can make me weep in, in, a, in a moment's notice, you know, and things like that. Um, but it's hard. It really is hard because there is no right answer. There is no way to, to make things better. We just have to stay the course and hope for the best. And that's what's fucking terrifying, man. I in at, at this moment in time, uh, it's going to be stamped right here because we're recording this and it's going to go up and it's going to go out for people to hear. In this moment in time, I just went through and told you how rough it was for the last four months for me. And certifiably, I can say for the next two weeks, I don't have any worries. Unless something comes up tomorrow or this week or something health-wise. When it comes to finances, I'm good for the next couple of weeks. And you have no idea how much it is. it feels good to me to be able to breathe after a few months of uncertainty. And having a constant rock on your chest of that uncertainty. Dude, I, okay, so during this time frame, uh, my birthday came and went. And we didn't have a lot of money to get me a birthday gift at all. Like... <laughs> I, I, I was able to squeeze one out though. And uh I'm like, I wanna I've always been wanting to try this game. Um so I picked up Death Stranding. It's been out for nice. a while. It's been out for a couple of years. But the PS five version came out, right? And buddy, it is so weird because I just said the words PS five and that that has come after me saying financial stress. I bought that PS five when you did not incur the financial stresses that are now they occurred. were not there no and trust me if it got bad enough that ps5 would have been gone i'd have bought it um <laughs> let me just say that my game collection has dwindled uh there i have re like done stuff because of the shelves that are missing from my collection not just games entire shelves, shelves worth of shelves yep. worth of games are gone I have I I have sold over three hundred games over the over the Damn. last yes yes gone. But you had to, bro. Yes, I know. No, I fucking know, man. Yes, like uh, to keep it real, we've always talked about collections and shit on this. I know we said Spider Man. This is like the preamble to Spider Man. We're yeah. talking for a few more minutes here, but like, fucking the majority of the pops are gone. What's behind me is pretty much what's left. Um. Yeah. So I've got some stuff that I've hold, uh, held on to. Um. Uh, there's a few things I, I I sold my N64 to a dude, uh, so like that's the that's one of the couple of consoles that I did sell. I was trying to I was trying to hold on to the consoles. Um, yeah. But anyways, so Death Stranding, I, uh, Death Stranding. If you bought the PS4 version, you get the PS5 version for ten bucks. I went to Disc Replay and I bought D Death Stranding for fifteen bucks. Then I put it in my PS5, and it's like, do you want to upgrade for 10 bucks? I said yes. So for 25 bucks, I got the PS5 copy of Death Stranding. 
That's not hey. a bad deal considering that brand new it's 60 bucks. Smart. It is a game that I want to get to know more. It's a game that I want to understand more. But the here was the irony of it. I'm playing this at the end of September, early October, where I'm feeling the heaviest weight on my shoulders I've ever felt in my entire life. And the whole point of that game is putting weight on your back and delivering stuff across fast open fields and you have to balance him as he walks and and he has a weight limit and yeah and the more weight he has the more encumbered he is the slower he moves he might get attacked you know i am literally playing a game about almost what there's I no know. metaphor here <laughs> I had to quit playing it. I'm like, my God. Once I realized it, I'm like, I, I can't play this right now. Like, yeah. Like, uh, so, I'm, so, you know, I, I want to go back to it and play it when I'm in a better mindset because it is a weird, intriguing game. Do you know what I love, Brando, about our show? Huh. How good we are with segues. Because you know what I've been playing? Huh? Guardians of the Galaxy for PlayStation 4 with Ollie. And that Ooh. shit is tremendous. It is a very fun game. I was really critical of it when I saw, like, oh, you're only Star-Lord? That's fucking dumb. Like, you have an awesome, dope team, but you use the awesome, dope team as, like, extensions of him, and it's, it is so... Have you played it? I have not, but that reminds me a lot of what you would do with um, Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Uh, oh, great. Yes. Where they're a part of your team, and you're, they're in your party, and you can do team-up stuff with them and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Ex- oh, exactly, man. And, and it's great, you know. Um, but... Hmm. I know he won't listen to this. Spoiler alert. After a long process that involved the homie Anthony Schoen being a real gentleman and making some shit happen. Um, Thursday, I will be picking up the Our House's Christmas PS5. Um, yeah, I'm ridiculously stoked. Uh, things kind of worked out uh, for us. Ali has no idea. Uh, I definitely did the weirdest shit ever. And I was like, okay, Ollie has no idea. V knows, but V isn't really invested in the gaming stuff. She's not really about like that. So I was like, I know what she will not buy is anything to do for the PS5. She's not going to fucking touch that for this Christmas. She'll get other cool shit that we're all into. So I had to go out and as a Christmas gift, and it's wrapped, admittedly, bought a Cosmic Red PS5 controller. Did you see that they just announced the, uh, the official shell colors? Uh, no, I actually saw the headline, but I didn't like really dive into it, so I don't know any any of the details. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out for I think they're fifty five bucks, and you order them. You'd right, I think they're for pre order on PlayStation Direct right now. But after that, after they get them, then they'll be up for general sale. But they're gonna they, it's gonna be black, that same red. Um, they, what, what was the other color they had? Um, purple, um, and then like a like a like a pink or something like that. But because they're coming out with a purple controller and a, a kind of like a neon blue controller and neon pink controller. And they're going to have shells for all of those too. So like, kind of cool. Cause the, it's the future, you know, like realistically it is just a piece of plastic you can clip on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see really? there. There was a website that was selling like, uh, like their, their own versions of that. And they had two different cease and desist from Sony and they had to change it a couple times to make it to where, in fact, the company challenged Sony to sue them. The, the, the second time and they did um <laughs> <laughs> and they did but uh I mean, spoiler alert they fucking did they did well it's because sony was going to sell them but they just it took so long for it to come out but no congratulations yeah. on that uh d- did you play miles morales yet 
No, we haven't. That's one of the games we got too. So he's uh, dude. Uh, so the game list so far is Miles Morales, Avengers. Uh, obviously, Guardians is upgradable. Yeah. So that's going to be just boop boop upgrade. Um, but also, Anthony's like, don't ask how I got it, but I have an unopened copy of 2K22 NBA for you. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll take cool. it. That's I awesome. like I like the Bulls. <laughs> uh, that is really awesome. Um, did you pick up FF7 for PS4? The the first part, yeah, I have the collector's edition of that. Put that in your system. You'll get a free upgrade okay. to the FF7 on PS5. And yeah, um, but you would still have to buy the Eufy DLC. Um, whatever. So like, um, yeah, but you will get the free upgrade and whatever trophies you got. So I platinum that sucker and I got another platinum for the PS5 and I just sat there and watched them all like, that's awesome. But, but the Yuffie DLC is definitely worth a, worth a little playthrough. I, I want to replay it again, uh, at some point, but, um, yeah, dude, stoked for you. PlayStation five is really cool. And, uh, we needed some happiness coming out of the end of the year and we definitely got it, uh, with Christmas. We're going to have a good Christmas here. I'm, I'm really stoked for, to see the kids faces light up. Uh, yeah. always probably not going to care and just want to scream and eat the paper. That's fine. Um, considering for a kid that has eaten books and also parts of his own diaper that he's pissed in this, <laughs> this kid, I, I, I don't know what to do with him. It, it, he is wild, absolutely wild. Okay, I don't know what what you guys are gonna do for your future. I, I don't know what you guys are thinking. What if that's if, if if having if you two having kids is somewhere maybe far down the line. Maybe once things calm down, I will tell you right now. For whatever reason, there's a little light switch that goes off with a second kid, and it's like a literal tornado will just go through your house. Maybe that's a bad word for what just kind of happened a few weeks ago, but. Um, it is the closest thing to a natural disaster I've ever witnessed that close and personal is having a second child. This child is absolutely insane in bonkers the, in the best ways, but also, Oh my gosh, like wh- why are you eating gel from your own? Like it's covered in your own pee. And he's just going, Mmm. And I'm like, you said, Mmm. <laughs> That's not true. It's not. Mmm. This Ugh. is the same kid that will throw food that we put on the tray. We, we we put it on his tray, and he'll just throw it off. We give him actual food, and he will just think, no, I'm not eating this. I can't wait to eat my diaper later. Ew. He is like a if, – if you were to take um, – to, to make a Nicktoons reference, he is a mixture of the wild thornberries, uh, that wild kid. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't see that show in a long time. But, but yeah, I know. Blah, 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 blah. And then one of the yeah. twins from Rugrats, they're just always in the grocery. Phil, yeah, Phil, yep, yep. So definitely yep. Phil. Those two definitely fusion hot, and that's my kid. So, uh, but no, have some good stuff to talk about. We both saw Spider Man this week, as a lot of people did, even with everything going on. It is estimated at a two hundred and fifty-three million dollar weekend and a worldwide global at five hundred something million. It is now ranked number three, all time, all time behind Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, not bad company to be in. <laughs> Come on now, makes you wonder what it would have been like had we not have a worldwide crisis going on and more people. I mean, it, it, apparently, it didn't stop people from going. So it's weird too, though, Brando, because I feel like theaters did a really smart thing. Um, there were so many more showings of the movie, like time wise. Yeah. We saw it at 
4.30 on Thursday. That's a that's an early fucking preview screening. Remember when preview night was midnight? Yeah. I'm, like literally fucking midnight, Brando. Not not none of this. You get to start at seven and watch it and spoil it for everybody on Facebook when you go home and you're being a dickhead about it. Nope. Wait till midnight. There was no social media like that. The movie is dope as shit. The end. But yeah, I saw it to kind of a semi like it was mostly full. But our row, like six of the seats that were bought next to us, there were no bodies in. Yeah, we had a few spots next to us that were open, and then there were people in front of us and behind us. Uh, I think there were like two behind us and like four in front of us. So, I mean, uh, it did fill up. I think we saw on Saturday morning at 1120. So, not bad. Not bad. Our theater was relatively quiet. Uh not much reactions. Uh, oh, that's sad. It was all kind of quiet reactions. So, um, there, there, there was that. But, I mean, the, the, there was a lot of true hype behind this movie. Um, the, a lot of things that were leaked that were are they real? Are they not? Is it real? A Memorex? Uh, it, a certain particular image in my head that leaked. Like it was burned into my brain. And when the scene happened in the movie, I was like, there fucking was. Mm-hmm. I've seen that picture a million fucking times of that exact pose, what he's doing right there. Yeah. Two two things got, got spoiled for me because of leaks. Uh, but it didn't, it, it, it was a bit different uh, this time around. Whereas where I got spoiled for Rise of Skywalker, whereas I got spoiled for uh, Game of Thrones. Where I, whereas I got spoiled for The Last of Us Part 2 two months before that game came out. Not for the full plot, but for something major that happens. Those things really deflated me and really made it to where I did not enjoy the product as much as if I would have went going like straight in. Totally blind, yeah. Yeah, and uh, whereas this time around, it, uh, those things were things that I wanted and thought were going to happen anyways. And it was just like, let's just see how they put it together. And and, and neither one of the things were like sequential to, I mean, may, I guess maybe one of them was sequential to the whole fucking movie. But when it comes to it, like none of them are like sequential to the how and where and, 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 the, and the plot of beginning and end and where things are going to end up. That part was not spoiled for me. So you still got to have that part involved. But this movie... Out of the three with Tom Holland has been the most Spider-Man movie of the three. Um, Definitely. Because there's a certain there because there's Spider-Man tropes in the comics, cartoons, video games, other movies where there is a Spider-Man trope. Uh, Spider-Man usually faced with a very difficult decision. And he has he he's always the loser in in these situations. The, the Spider every time character, he has to be every time it that is the curse of that character. Whereas for Batman, his curse is living every every day with this mind filled with vengeance and guilt and guilt. Yes, but survivor's like, guilt. They never talk about that. They he easily could stop if he actually if he wanted to. In fact, in some and then some properties. He does find something that does allow him to want to stop, but it doesn't last or whatever, you know. And he would be fine. He's got he's a he's a multi millionaire billionaire. Like he's he's not he has he doesn't have the same worries as a normal person. Um, 
Peter Parker is different. Whereas everything that he does as Spider-Man affects his personal life. And that is something that they have shown in these movies with Tom Holland, but not to this level. Uh, and, and this is where like it hit the, where the other movies kind of did it before the other Spider-Man movies, every single one tacked that on at, at some point. Right. The, uh, I feel like the, the Holland movies never quite got there for him with that. You know, like, it was it was more innocent and fun, which actually makes a little bit more sense for the story they were telling with him being a younger Spider-Man. Yep. That <clears throat> the aftermath of this film is where he where it gets real for him. And it was really neat the way they did it, even if there are maybe some plot holes with it. I have come up with the thing, Nate, and I don't know if 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 you agree with me or not. Because of how toxic, and I'm going to use that word, toxic, nerd culture has been about everything. Oh, yeah. Everything in where if it's something that's unpopular or something that somebody doesn't like, they don't want anybody else to like it. It's ironic because we're doing a show where we're sharing our opinions. But my opinions are no longer... I, I try not to go into it nitpicking and saying, I wish this was done this way. I wish this this was done that way. The first thing I think of after I leave a theater or after I'm done watching something, was I entertained? Unquestionably. If the answer is yes, then it's a good flick. It's a good show. It's a good game. You should go check it out. Then, after that blanket statement, then let's dive into the minutia callback. A... Dive into the minutia of uh, of what's going on here because simply everything can be annotated into pluses and negatives. And at the end of the day, if something is a net positive, meaning there's more positives than negatives, go for it. And just because something is a negative doesn't mean that it drags the whole work down. Sometimes it can, and some and that's different perspectives and different things. So, Nate, 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 Nate. We are, are now 30 minutes into this podcast. We are now ready to dive into spoilers, I do believe, of this film and its story. Oh, yeah. And we're going to start it off with the first question I have for you. I already okay. know the answer. Sure. But I'm going to ask it for you anyway because, I'm gonna, because, because we, have to, we have to ask these questions. Did you enjoy the movie? Um, I thought this movie was a cinematic masterpiece. Brandon, I said it in the chat. I have so many thoughts on this movie. My brain has been moving a million miles a second. There were so many, and I am telling you, at least uh, yeah, at least 100, at least 100 different Easter eggs that you could call out and name. Callbacks to one-liners, to little pictures, little remembering characters that actually aren't in the movie that are kind of so represented uh I, so, so many so many things multi-universal callbacks they were very very clever they did the fucking martha better than fucking batman v superman i'll explain that soon but like dude yes this movie was entertaining as shit two hours and 30 minutes didn't feel like it no I will say that. Tell me, it felt like two hours. It felt it felt like fucking hour. I could have sat there for two more hours. 
there would have been more story to tell. That is one of the things that I did see from somebody who's, whose opinion I, I, I do value. I don't look and listen to a lot of people anymore, but somebody said, I wish the movie was five hours long because, because then it would have maybe, maybe you could have put more of what was good on screen. Too many good things, Brando. So then I'm going to piggyback on too many good things. I want you, because we're going to do this a little bit differently today, not necessarily sit here and recap the whole movie, because I feel like a majority of our listeners are going to have seen this shit, and we aren't going to be worried too much about spoilers. But what are, like, top five moments for the movie for you? Like, what were some of your biggest pops? And, I, and it doesn't matter if it is a complete spoiler and it takes the the shocking, this, this news across the Listen, let's just dive into it. Top five moments for you. Let's do it. Okay, um, put me on the spot. The spot that made me mark out the most, that got the biggest reaction from me, were the Daily Bugle supplements. Because it's kind of shooting at Alex Jones. Oh, my God. When he went Daily Bugle go, supplements. When he started shilling the supplements, <laughs> me and Kate, lost our fucking minds at that i i started like laughing and i and i i could not stop laughing as i started thinking more and more about it daily bugle supplements uh sponsored that, by jay jonah jameson that one got me um the Man, it's hard to just dial it down into different moments. The scene where all three of the Spider-Men talk to each other for the first time. Oh my God, on the rooftop. On the rooftop. Jay is like, hey, I got I brought some people along with us. Like some elusive. Wanted, yeah. And dude, the fucking shot of them on top of the like bell tower church thing was so reminiscent of some different shots in the comics. I was just like, yes. Fucking yes, John Watts, you're killing it, man. Well, because that's when they had the conversation uh, about losing people and how they've all lost and all that stuff. And then the great power, the when when they all say it, yeah, right. And it's and that's when like there it's like uh, the Tom Holland Pete Pete one. Um, I thought I was Pete one. <laughs> Um, Pete one starts opening up to this. It's like, okay, maybe, okay. Maybe I don't have to push the button. Um, when they replace the chip with octopus with Octavius, that was awesome. Call back to the old technology. Mm hmm. I liked, um, I like that a lot. Octavius is always has always been one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. Uh, it's a, he's a very sympathetic villain. You know, most most of the villains can be and and are. You know that that is the one thing that Batman, uh, the equal and opposite char character, the most popular character for DC, and in equal and equal in like awesomeness of Rogues Gallery. You know. Absolutely. That is one thing that his rogues gallery kind of lack is that 
there aren't too many of his that are really sympathetic. It's hard to be sympathetic with the Joker or Penguin, right? You can make it happen. You can put some story in there to make you feel for them. But as a blanket character, they're just not necessarily built that way, you know? Or Riddler. They're just psychotic. <laughs> they're dealing with a different level of uh, level of, of, of psychosis. <clears throat> you know, that's where, like, a character for Batman, Mr. Freeze, is great. And it's great to see him on screen and interact because he's going to do what he has to do. And, man, it's like him as a person. He's such a good person. He's doing some things for the right reasons. Now, with Octavius, he does start losing his mind due to the chip shorted, uh, malfunctioning, and then the tentacles taking over his own brain. But, God, he was such a good person. Wanting to do the right things. And that's actually at the end of the movie. You see that good per- in two Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. That good person comes out yep. because he's you know he's fighting the arms. No, you listen to me now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, man, that's what three moments you yeah you, three three you of the told five. me five. You you told me five. If you want, we can do a top three. I don't give a damn. Well, because I feel like yours yours might be some of the same. So let's go and let's hit some of yours. Okay, so for me, I said this in the group chat, like, and I and I actually just talked about it earlier about my depression and shit. One thing is really really prevalent to me is in in very powerful moments I do get emotional and I'll cry. Like I feel like Kevin Smith sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like a bird flies by, I'm like, that's so beautiful. You know? No, it's not necessarily like that. But that I mean, anyways. So for me, this movie was so powerful and emotional. Um, but the moments that were just to me huge. Um, Ned using the sling ring for the first full time. He opens up the portal. He's like, you know, I, I want to see Peter Parker. And, and it fucking opens up and you see the silhouette of Spidey and you're like, cool, he's back. Like, we're good. But then, boom, out jumps the fucking man. Andrew Garfield and I was just like shit yeah like we are here you know he had so many powerful moments for me in that and 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 honestly how um kind of a beautiful poetic callback are we right now that we're getting ready to be on the eight year anniversary of JIC is that right eight is that real 22 from 14 is eight that's fucking crazy anyways and we were covering the Amazing Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 during that show's run. And now here we are back and we get to kind of like revisit this character. And man, I, I that was an awesome moment for me. Uh, I want to talk a, a, a second amazing, amazing moment for me was um, honestly some of the villain shots and the way they did those moments but let's not forget the greatest fucking actor in the entirety of this movie was undoubtedly Willem Dafoe. Yes. The, and, and, and this is the scene when I knew shit was totally upside down. They're in Happy's apartment uh, in the little like fucking um, uh, like secret uh, safe house or whatever. And um, I think it's Otto walks into the room and he's like uh, Norman. And he's, he says, just me and it's like no he wasn't saying it's norman that was the goblin saying i have fully taken control and have been in control for some time and i'm playing a a amazing long game just because think about it think about it okay 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 
with the knowledge that all these villains before their deaths were transported to this universe. That means let's go back just for one second. You ready? That Norman knows that may is tied to Peter. So he doesn't fucking play any games goes right beeline right to her. I know the game I'm going to play to defeat Spider-Man. This is the game I'm playing now. Brilliant, brilliant acting. I loved it. We'll get into that scene more and those scenes more soon. Uh, There is a redemption moment that, bro, I cried like a baby. I tried to hide it. I tried to play it off like I wasn't emotional, but um, MJ falling. She's falling off the Statue of Liberty, and there's this shot that's so Gwen Stacy from The Amazing Spider-Man, and they're just recreating it. And Tom does the dive to save her. And you're just like, my first thought is, wow, they're going to kill her the exact same way. And like in front of Garfield, brutal, because they were just talking about how that grief and uh, it overwhelmed him to where he stopped pulling his punches. And he became kind of the dark Knight version of Spidey, you know? Yep. Um, And uh, as, as Pete one is falling down to save her, goblin takes him out he's seen this shit before he knows the game he knows how he's going to save the love of his life again we've already been there in his universe you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying there's nothing new and the moment's just like it hits you're just like oh wow they're just going to straight up fucking kill her and then pete three i guess we're going to call him that pete three because for some reason he's the lesser of the three links and he even makes jokes about that like he's not the cool one which then leads to another moment that i loved which was the pep talk from toby to him like no you're amazing you are amazing and i just like i just want to cry even more god damn it pun intended because that's the name of his fucking series the amazing perfect (laughs) yeah but then he jumps and he doesn't jump with the thought of like i'm gonna thwip her with the web and save her he's already fucked that up he jumps with the intention of I'm going to grab her from the sky and hold on to her and make sure she's okay. And that got me. That was who man. Okay. So let me just say these there, other than these images that were supposedly real, that could have been faked. Right. Cause that was the thing about the two images I saw that could have been faked in some way. Somehow they could have faked it. About the about Andy Garfield and Tommy McGuire being in this movie, about somebody else that we haven't mentioned being in this movie. I'm like, if if Andy Garfield's in that movie, the moment I saw her falling in the trailer, I said he catches her. I'm like, that's it, he catches her because that's what I would do, playing off yeah. of what we've already known. He's gonna catch her because he can't let that happen again. And that's not even his girl. That's the other. That's Pete One's girl. He's not, mm-mm. but what? So the moment I, I saw it, I called it. There's so much in this movie that I quote called, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Seeing it play out wasn't bad. That it was a different feeling than Rise of Skywalker because Rise of Skywalker, I got spoiled on it, and literally beat for beat was the exact thing as it happened, and so I was a bit disappointed with how it went, with how everything kind of went about in that movie. Uh, even though there's some good stuff in there. With this one, I didn't see, I didn't hear about that. I didn't know about it. I said, it's going to happen because I wanted it to happen, and it did. The part that got me is when she asked, are you okay? And he is in all near tears, and he says, yeah, I'm okay. For the first time, he's okay. 
and actually he means it. Yeah. And you can hear like his voice crack a little bit and like, God, that was so well done. That was so well done. And um Science Pete's was a cool moment. Yes, yes. Them 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 doing their science stuff and and just and just talking their jargon. I, I loved all of the scenes where they just all talked. Whether it was the science scene, whether it was the rooftop scene, the science scene, the pep talk scene. The huddle. The huddle. Oh, the Avengers huddle is so good. That's uh, great. What are the Avengers? <laughs> are they a band? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, fucking perfect. Do, do, let me ask this question because I like it and I don't know how other nerd folks feel. There is a poetic like um, symmetry, I guess you would say. The two OG Spider-Men, Spider Two, uh, Pete Two and Three, have uh, Ben says with great power must also come great responsibility on the day or eve of his death. They do the same thing here. Spoiler alert: with May, um, it is that whole again. It's kind of the Martha thing, the dichotomy. They all have this thing in common, but it's not quite the same. And it's interesting because you feel, and this is my opinion. In the moment when Tom is fighting uh, Norman at the end, he has tapped into a darker dark than even what Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and and you're seeing and that's why even he's like oh sh like we got to help him like this is not good. Um, but what did you think about them doing it that way where May's the one that said it and it's very powerful and actually she said the line line for line the text that is actually in the original comic with great power must also there must also come great responsibility i was completely fine with it because in this version of pete it, 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 we never got to see uncle ben we have not been in, invested in uncle ben at all we know he's gone that is it who have we been invested in as characters as parental figures in in Pete's life, well, Tony, Tony man, happy, yeah, to yeah, those three, and so it's going to be one of those three that that says that to him. The only other character in this movie who could have gotten away with it would have been one of the other Spider Man, that or Doctor Strange, but it wouldn't make sense for Doctor Strange since he literally was irresponsible by with doing, his power yes. with, with the power that because he was going to do this thing. Um, he could have just said, hey, Pete, stay right there. I'm going to go down to the basement and do this thing real quick. I'll be yeah. right back, and I'll tell you how it goes. And then he would have, then he would have come up and said, who are you? And Pete's like, "Like, what do you mean, who am I? And then Pete would have been like, no one knows who I am. Okay, wow, well, that's weird. But no, Shit. he involved him. So, um, no, her saying with great power must also – no, it, it's perfect. So by them – as you said, Goblin was the smartest and most well-planned out of all of them. Um, but the only other person who was also on that level was Octavius, but then even he was taken aback when he realized that's not the Spider-Man he knows. That's not the Pete he knows. And it was long enough for... The, I didn't realize that's how they were going to get him under control. Also, I got into semi-arguments with people at work about the trailer and I'm like, yeah, Goblin's in his cell. They're like, no, no, no. Like, they're just talking to him. I'm like, yeah, they're talking to him in a cell. <laughs> like, no, no, he's just standing in the thing. I'm like, yes, he's standing in a cell. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, he is captured. 
I was wondering if the nano suit was going to help repair the chip. So that I would have been clever too. I I knew. Do ask me how I knew? I'm like, Octavius is gonna flip. He's gonna he, he's he's gonna turn babyface in this movie. Because like that's what we all want from Octavius, from especially that version of Octavius. Like the Alfred Molina version of, of Octavius was awesome, and he's a character who you really felt for when he died at the end, because you're like, man, damn it, <laughs> you know, you wanted that character, like you were rooting for him to come to pull through, and he did the right thing. Well, I did not expect the Nano thing to be how they how Pete's able to, to then just control. That was some funny uh, shit. The Ooh. arms. And it was, this movie balanced a lot. It balanced, the first half of this movie, the first act, is, um, it's rather silly and rompous. It doesn't get too serious. You know, we have a couple of big, uh, two big action sequences in the first act, and that's the, the Octavius fight on the highway, and then the Doctor Strange fight, which that was awesome. Uh, and very fun. That's not what you kind of thought was going on from the trailers. That Spider-Man was actually having a fight with Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, but needless to say, that that's exactly what happens. The second part of the movie, the Act Two, uh, g- uh, is when you get this levity of hope that hey, we're going to try and cure these guys. And what's funny is, is that like. Um, almost everybody gets enough screen time, maybe except for Connors. You know, Connors is the one that doesn't get a lot. But, like, they even give Sandman some good... It's pretty simple. He has a very simple thing that's driving him. He wants to get home to see his daughter. The end. That's it. And if that means curing you to to then get sent home, cool. If that means that we're going to get the button pushed to get sent home, cool. (laughs) Right, so so he's on board with, with, with kind of what with whatever they're doing. I really liked Jamie Foxx in this movie, and I could tell he was having fun with this movie. For sure, it was incredible. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about too is uh, in the beginning of the movie to the transition with the Doctor Strange thing is like the first part of the movie is this whole like the revelation. Spidey is Peter Parker. And everybody knowing and what does that mean? And the DOD shows up and all this. Um, We had the rumor. We obviously got it. It was so incredible. We also got this on the heels of the day. Wait, time out. Have you watched Hawkeye? Okay. So let's, um, I have, I was not interested enough to watch Hawkeye as it's been coming out. Okay. I wasn't, I just was not hyped or did not care enough until Christmas. Christmas was going to be when I was going to watch it. And sure. I, I was slowly just talking about it with people. People were not spoiling anything for me. And that, and that's fine. I've been a little bit aware of seeing stuff with what's going on because I'm like, it's okay. I don't care if I get kind of spoiled about this show. And I told, it might have been even Blaine, I said, you know, the rumor for a couple months is that Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio was going to be in this. And then right before the series started, he tweeted something out. It's like, Oh, the, uh, you know, like this, this, like this show seems like it's going to be good. I'm paraphrasing, but he said something about like I'm, I'm looking forward to this one, and I'm like, "Are you now? Cool." And then I said, "If I find out that he's in it, I'm watching it sooner than later." 
So no sooner did I find out, and how I found out was Vincent D'Onofrio breaks his silence after appearing in Hawkeye, and I went, really? And his tweet was, it was just one, one phrase, when I was a boy. And I went, all right, I guess I'm watching Hawkeye. We are now caught up on Hawkeye. Hey! So we got, um, did I see him before the movie? No, because we got caught up last night on the last two episodes. But I knew he was in it. So then what happened a few weeks before he was announced? Kevin Feige. Hey, if anything happens with Daredevil, Charlie Cox is going to play him. What what that entails is yet to be determined. I'm like, he's in you the You don't movie. know when you'll see him. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so so he, so he's in this movie. Like I, I that was the other image that I saw was them sitting in the kitchen in, in uh, of a Maisel apartment and so I saw that image and then I saw the image of all the Spider-Man without their masks on. I'm like unlike the Statue of Liberty. Those are the two images that I saw that could have been fake and they're not. And the only thing that was like, oh, we didn't get anything with Daredevil. That's okay. We got enough in this movie. We know just he exists. Just needed a tease. Yep. We, we He's know, like a really good lawyer. That got me. <laughs> that that got me. How he stopped that brick. And they're like, how did you do that? I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love it because it hints at what could come. If they if they do another movie with Tom Holland, which it seems like they're going to, I understand if he's ready to to step away because this is at a the way this movie ends is at a pivotal road for this character. Him because this is also the sixth time that he's appeared as this character. It's more than any other Spider Man to date. And as an actor, there's a blessing and a curse with that. You know. Because he's ready to do some other stuff and move on. And I get that. He has a whole other franchise he's about to kick off that's going to be very successful for sure. Yes. <clears throat> and also, if you have Uncharted 4 and Thieves Legacy or Leg- uh, Lost Legacy, if you have those on PS4 and you get your uh, PS5, you put that disc in, it'll charge you 10 bucks to update to the PS5 version that comes out at the end of January. And then, like, right when those games come out, I heard there's a little bit of a uh, a, a perk, if you will. If you pay the $10 to upgrade to Uncharted 4 to the PS5 version, you get a free ticket to go see Uncharted. That's awesome. So, just a little uh, look into it but um, to make sure. But I, I read that and went, well, I guess I'm doing that because I want to go see Uncharted. Anyways... I think they're gonna that they should go on and make some more movies because you can tell the next step. The next step is him in college and what you predicted a couple of years ago. Do you remember? Yes, I do. You said there'd be three trilogies: the high school trilogy, the college trilogy, and the adult trilogy. And here we are. I if they can keep Holland for that long, cool. If he's like, gets on for a couple more, and he's like, guys, I love this shit, but I'm, I want to go and just stop being so responsible for a while. I would understand completely, one hundred and ten percent understand, because as far as I'm concerned, he's already delivered. And then some. Yes, this movie delivered, and. Um, let's talk about the Aunt May thing. And, and and I know we're jumping around a lot. The Aunt May thing was a callback 
to the Spider-Man 1, how Goblin gets killed, takes her out with the glider, and it's a fake out. Because she stands up. You thought, oh crap, they just killed May. And then she stands up, and then she gets Pete, and makes sure that he's okay. And then all of a sudden, she's not okay. After she says the great power line. And then she, even as she's like, she doesn't like know that she's dying per se. Or she doesn't let on that she's known. She just like, I, I just got to catch my breath. She still tells him we did the right thing. Did the right thing. So. Tom Holland's acting in that scene is honestly more than the moment that got me emotional. Him like basically said, look at me, May, look at me. That got me more. Ooh. Yeah. Because. I don't know if it's just a, as a Spider-Man fan, we've already seen Aunt May die a couple of different times. And I, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't necessarily want to compare them, but I'm trying to, in my mind, what was more emotional to me, this Aunt May death or the, the Marvel's PS4 game, Aunt May death. Cause that one was like, I can cure you now, or I can cure everybody else. And again, Pete loses. And she tells him it's okay. And acknowledges that she knew who he was. And that she knew for a long time. That's why she always helped him out. You know, because he was helping out how many people? You know? And he's juggling everything. And he has to sit there and watch her slowly die of that disease. He has the cure in his hand. He can plug it in and save her life. But if he does so, he damns everybody else because they won't have enough to make a serum or a vaccine. Yep. And so that it, it is different. It is different. That one almost gets me more. But this one, where she was okay and not okay, they did that fake out again later on, but it was reversed with... Toby. Uh, with Toby, yeah, that was, and I was going to bring that up too, that they did the clever reverse fake out and then the regular fake out. So, well, because, all right, I had heard a rumor that they filmed three different endings of this movie. Really? And, and, and if, if you're this far into our conversation about it, you can understand why they filmed three different <laughs> endings of this movie. There's a lot of different ways that this could have wrapped up. Mm -hmm. And the rumor was I had heard that Toby dies. I, I heard that rumor a long time ago. And someone's like, oh, I'd be mad if they did that. I'm like, eh, I wouldn't be mad about it. It almost makes sense. It, it, maybe not for his Pete, but for Toby. For Toby, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, let him go out on a impactful note. And then, you know, he can ride off into the sunset of, you know what, I came back to this thing. You know, it did great things for my career. It's, I'm always, always going to be tied to it. I didn't have to come back to it, and I did, and here we are. Now I don't ever have to come back to it. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, so they do the fake out where Goblin stabs. Uh, as you said, the moment where Tom is going over the rails and really beating the crap out of, uh, of, uh, of Goblin, tapping into that darkness. The irony is, Gar we hear about Andy Garfield's character saying he went there. Toby kind of went there too when he had the symbiote. Mm -hmm. 
he understands too which is why I liked he was the one to go to try and stare him down look into my eyes no words were said that was amazing no words and then that's when Goblin got him you know stabbed him audible gasp in my theater um the irony is they do that little fake out with Toby because it's like they fake you out thinking that everything's going to be okay because then we didn't lose Toby, but then Tom Holland loses everything. Yeah. He loses his best friend. He loses his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. He lost May already. The only other friend that he has in the world is Doctor Strange. He's about to lose him too. Pete one really hates 2021. Yeah. He lost everything. Trying to fix it to where they would be all fixed and they wouldn't lose every, you know lose he, he ended up losing the most. And from the way it seems because they did cure every single character. Even Norman for for what we are tell because that because that's what they're sciencing you know they, they did it with Octavius first and Norman helps with that and you can you could argue whether or not that was complete was Goblin completely in control or was he letting Norman do certain things waiting for the time to just all right now right uh, or did Goblin say go do this and I'm gonna go hang hang back for a little while because if, if there was too much of him hanging out there. Maybe Spidey would sense it. Maybe there's, he could sense something wrong, and he didn't sense anything was wrong until it was too late. Right? Makes you wonder. I kind of want. I I want to believe that Norman is the one that helped him cure Octavius, because it highlights the goodness that Norman does have. Nor- Norman's Norman's not an evil guy. He's misguided. He's selfish. He's something of a scientist. That something of a scientist myself, you know. That that line uh. that he said was amazing. I loved it. Um, but the fact that what I like is is that he's doing this stuff, but it, there's like these puppet strings in the background of Goblin. Just okay, yeah. Just do this, do this, and uh, Norman's not aware that he's what he's doing. It, to him, he's doing good. And Goblin's like, yeah, yeah, do that, do that. That'd be fine, that'd be fine. Because if Goblin uh, Goblin might not have wanted to cure Octopus. Maybe not. Maybe he. Maybe then the, the, the other argument is maybe he just doesn't care. Um, But, like, what he wouldn't want is Octopus to be in his way. No, because Otto is the good one. Um, but interesting, you know what's funny is that um, <clears throat> check this out. Spider-Man one, Parker talks about the thesis he writes on Norman's what nanotechnology, nanotechnology, which is something that what Doctor Otto Octavius used to make his arms. So how, pray tell, does the nanotech so easily fucking work between the two? Because all nanotech, baby. It's Stark Nanotech and Oztech, and they're just like making new tech, Octech. So the so the one thing that I predicted that that didn't happen is that somehow Norman would stick around. I I wanted that to happen. 
because we did. I think it's a better thing that it doesn't happen. I'll explain in a minute. Continue. I think we deserve more Norman Osborn. Um, and I, and I wish that because I wish that we would get the um, the anti Tony Stark, where Norman is cured, and he's on the good path and. He's seen all this technology and all this wondrous things that he can do, and yeah, he 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 with his mind is able to somehow get the money together and form the new this universe's Oscorp, right? Cool, and they do a lot. Someone of else is living in my house. Oscorp doesn't exist. My son. There's even a version of uh, of Norman who becomes Iron Patriot. That's in, true in the comics. And leads the Thunderbolts. Yeah. You know, there there's so many things that you could do with this to then build him up and have him be there. And then it was all along a ruse. And he, and he is, he, I, I would want him to become a major, major twist of villain. And just, just so we could get more Willem Dafoe. I think we can still get Willem Dafoe. So let me explain. They have not, again, rules and regulations apply to this. There's no laws to the multiverse. They've said anything is possible. Mm -hmm. What if this multiverse, uh, this universe, Pete One's universe, there is a Norman Osborn, and Oscorp doesn't exist yet because he's never had the idea for it. However, what we don't know is that Willem Dafoe's Norman gave him that idea, and maybe, just maybe, they, they look exactly the same. They've not played with that rule before. Well, Jay Jonah looks the same. Um, there you go. It, it's, See, it's, yeah. there's precedent. Yeah, so Jay Jonah looks the same, even if the overall character is a little bit different, uh, with a different twist. But yeah, no, I, I want to see more of that. All the different characters end up getting cured. I liked what they did with Electro, where they showed him blue, and then him interacting with this power grid that's different than allowed him to like turn yellow and then reform his actual body. And where he's actually butt ass naked, <laughs> and, and, and in the woods. That was funny as hell. Uh, Does anyone got knowledge? I'm naked. <laughs> but I, I loved all that. They cured them all, so that way when they go back to their time frames, they're not afflicted in the same way as they were. They did not quite cure them all. And let's just go ahead and dive into maybe the biggest of these spoilers for this movie. As one character was in this movie, had nothing to do with the movie, yeah, but had the biggest impact on the movie. As Tom Hardy's Venom shows up at the end to play off of the sting of Let There Be Carnage's uh, post-credit scene when he gets blipped into the universe before the spell. He was there before the spell, just so you know. Don't know how that works, but he is there right when the uh, announcement of Peter Parker is Spider-Man is happening on the TV, which is before the spell. So we get uh, Tom Hardy at the bar. He's trying to, that shit got me. Like learning about Iron Man, learns about Hulk. Lethal Protector was a shit name. <laughs> or, and you said Lethal Protector was a shit name. Like, uh, But then talks about the guy with the stones, obviously talking about Thanos. But the thing that's most interesting is the whole thing this is built off of is hive mind okay and the hive mind is um is essentially saying that 
the Tobey Maguire Venom that interacted with Peter Parker is uh, the Peter Parker that interacted with that Venom, the uh, Topher Grace Venom, the symbiote, because of hive mind, knows that happened in a different multiverse. It's aware. That's why in the post credit sting of Let There Be Carnage, he doesn't go, who's that? He goes, that guy, and licks the screen like, I remember you, which leaves how cool is it that the um, symbiote is left behind when the end of the movie happens, mm-hmm. and that just that little piece remembers that that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It remembers. It's not going to follow the rules of that spell, I'm sure. And what I think we're going to end up happen, have happen, having happen, especially with the fact that we have a new spider suit, let's not forget to mention that, a brand new, shiny, more comic-accurate spider suit, uh, not made by an Avenger, mind you. Mm-hmm. We are going to get this amazing moment where the symbiote's going to find him, and we are going to get dark Tom Holland Spider-Man, and I guarantee you it will be unlike anything we have seen before in this uh, universe of character changes, except with the example of that second post-credit scene that featured Supreme, like the strange Supreme or whatever from what if what, what? Yes. Kate had no reference for that. Cause she didn't watch what if with me that. Okay. So that what if episode was my favorite. What if episode? Yeah. Uh, other than the things kind of, other than party Thor. Party Thor got me. I love Party Thor. Um, but no, that when I saw like, okay, all right, no, we're going to have to go back and, and watch What If now for you to understand some of the stuff. Because there, there, there's even the like, like the creature, the octopus creature and shit. And, you know, so it's like, all right, there, this oh, is Shimogoroth. Yeah. And then also you had uh, to talk about Easter eggs. You had the moment where we had essentially the zombie hunter Spider-Man. Because uh, With the, cape. the cape gets on him, the cape, and it's like a cool kind of little moment. So they um, they definitely are playing off of a lot of things. I heard a rumor today involving that uh, Doctor Strange movie that it will f- primarily feature. And these are the big stings that you know is going to surprise everyone. It's going to primarily feature characters who were from What If, as well as characters from the Sony and Fox properties. I've heard that as well. I've heard the I've heard the Sony and Fox properties. I have heard uh, certain um, mutants are supposedly lined up to have cameos in this. And my body is ready. My body is ready. Um, we can't reference him, though. He's in prison. Yeah, well. <laughs> Pee on your head like a Phillies cap? Well, I said my body's ready because of Reggie fils from... Nintendo. Oh. At, at one of the E3s. Not R. Kelly. Good. good no, call. no, no. It wasn't R. Kelly. It was Reggie fils He He was the former head of Nintendo of America. And at, and at an E3, he said, my body is ready. And so he became a meme. My body's ready. So in light of Reggie fils my body is ready for the, for the Doctor Strange film. Uh, I'm super hyped up for that. It's going to be played off of uh, WandaVision. What if a Spider-Man, maybe Loki. less, yeah, Loki, a lot, a lot of different things are going to be, you know, twisting here. And also, it, if you even look at the movies that are coming after that, we don't know yet if that movie is going to be the reason why these movies are happening. 
The first one's Thor, right? Uh, so it, uh, uh, well, order of operation here. In March, we have the Multiverse of Madness. In no, May, May, it's no, 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 no. Multi- uh, they... All those movies got pushed back, dude. They really did. Yes. Oh shit. Oh, oh, sorry, guys. Um, yeah. Marvel release dates because yeah, everything got pushed up by by at least a, a few months. Um, I'm I, I've got a a new accurate list here. May sixth, Multiverse of Madness. Doctor then Strange. Love and Thunder. Thor Love and July. Oh come on, I'm not subscribing to you, Gizmodo. July eighth is Lord is Thor Love and Thunder now. Then Wakanda Forever. Uh. This also goes into TV stuff. So then Ms. Marvel's in summer. Wakanda Forever is now in November of this year. Um, sometime within the next year, we're getting Moon Knight and She-Hulk. And uh, the Guardians uh, holiday special next year. The Marvels is now February 17th, 2023. And Guardians Volume 3 is now May 2023. And Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania is July 28th, 2023. Hell yeah. But but <clears throat> what I was mainly talking about are the next two. The the other ones could also play into this, but Thor Love and Thunder. What's 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 different about that one? What do you mean what's different? Like why is this gonna be a different Thor movie? Uh because Jane Foster is most likely going to be helming Mjolnir, which will then turn her into Thor because she's going to have terminal cancer and be dying. Okay, and so, the Thor powers keep her from dying. Okay, so duh, uh, it is is the multiverse of madness going to have any play into that whatsoever? Possibly. I mean, maybe it's possible that, like, you know, when everything shakes out, it's gonna. Maybe that's what they're gonna do. You know, because right now they gave us this red herring that, like, all those. Vi- maybe that's the answer, Brando. All these villains just got sent back to their universes fixed, right? But there are still multiverses of villains that are like the Spider-Man villains that exist. What if Strange, when he wins in the Multiverse of Madness with Wanda, what if they reset the world, but it makes things almost like Secret Wars, where it's not it's not an exact reset. It's kind of a hodgepodge of all the universes, and they screw it up. Well, because then Black Panther Wakanda Forever is missing a very key character. And how are they going to address this? Are they just going to have to chala be like, well, no, he uh, he comes fortunately, or, or is it going to be a, ram- a ramification of the stories that have been happening? Is now means that T'Challa is now gone forever, but not in our Ooh. hearts. So a new Black Panther has to be decided and will be because there's no bringing back T'Challa due to. Uh, I, I, and how do you do that movie without retelling one though? You know what I'm saying? And I, and I don't mean that, but like if you're going to have somebody become the Panther, you're going to have them go through a very similar journey. You would think, well, p- potentially I've, we've heard the rumor like that, that sure he's going to become the new black Panther. I heard a different rumor, uh, that said, um, um, Oh, what's his name? Killmonger or Mbaku? No, Mbaku is going to become the next black. That'd Panther. be cool. Winston Duke would be great as Black Panther. Um, but we don't know because we don't even know who the villain of that movie is going to be rumored, Samariner. Um, Actually, confirmed because they just cast him, oh, right? They? Uh, they, uh, yes, they, you're right. They have yes, cast right. somebody. 
I think they did. Submariner so was uh, was alluded to in uh, Endgame. Yes, he was. Those uh, earthquakes off of the uh, coast of Wakanda. Yes, indeed. Under underwater. So before we like wrap it up here, um, I want to mention when Doc was Doctor Strange was trying to close up these rips. There was some other villains trying to break through. Oh, bro i I went on YouTube as soon as I got home and saw that people had already posted the ending in different languages, which in and of itself is sometimes hysterical. And I I freeze frame that shit. I can tell you for a fact three or four of them. So you had Craven, Psalm. for sure. You had Rhino for sure. Those yep. were the most obvious ones. Scorpion, Scorpion was one. Black Cat, Cat. is the other. So those big four, pretty cool considering, uh, you know, we also kind of have a tease because you had both uh, other Pete's talk about how their best friend betrayed them and they ended up killing their best friend uh, because of they became a villain. And you look at Ned and you're like, hey, Ned leads to in the comics is also known as Hobgoblin. What's up, bro? How crazy would it be? Crazy would it be that in the 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 next movie, Hobgoblin is the villain and it's you know, he's with MJ or whatever and thinks Spider-Man is a menace. He kind of buys into that whole idea because he doesn't know Pete, so he doesn't think he's a good guy. And maybe their lives have been screwed up because of Spider-Man. Maybe they're going to be like, we were on that stupid, you know, uh, Statue of Liberty with those Spider-Men for whatever reason. We don't know why we were there. You know, we can't really recall. And maybe he has a vengeance thing for Spidey. And when it's revealed that it's Pete, Pete is so taken aback. Like, I can't hurt you. You're my friend. And then that creates even more. That could be a really cool like story dark too, you know, like he's not only losing his best friend, his best friend has no idea they were friends that they even had a secret handshake, bro. So, <sighs> so the end of the movie where he goes to see them and has this big speech plan, try to, he swears, he, he, he swears when they say their goodbyes. Also the, one of the scenes that got me emotionally was when Pete was just sitting on the rooftop in tears and they just go and they both embrace him. Oh man. Absolutely. Yeah. But like after, like when they're saying their goodbyes and he says, I'll come and I'll find you. And then he goes there and then they're friends and he's seeing, and they don't know who he is and it's real and it's not said, but he's like, it's probably for the best that I just leave them alone. Well, he doesn't want to hurt her anymore, you know. There, well, there's that, but it's like I think some of the that the traumatic experience that they've gone through, but like especially in this film where he's like they were in danger because of me. I put them in further danger. You know, even though even though Aunt May says, "No, no, we did the right thing." He's like, "Aunt May died because of me." Because I was so adamant about fixing these people and not just send, not just sending them back. Maybe it's better if I just walk away and let them be. And I'll I'll check in from time to time to make sure that they're okay. But even though I promised them I would, maybe it's better that I don't. And that's the curse of Peter Parker. That's the curse of Spider Man. He he gets his own apartment. Rent. It's not the same guy, but rent do. <laughs> Um, and it, it's a rundown, shoddy apartment, just like Peter Parker has. 
He's he's unboxing and his, he has to get his GED because nobody. For, that is the only thing that mentions how nobody knows who Peter Parker is, and that it, it that it actually undoes physical objects that references Peter Parker. Because this is something before I even had that. I'm like, so they're just gonna forget he existed, and then it shows J. Jonah Jameson. Being like, whoever the Spider-Man guy is, I'm like, you already made those videos and you released them out to the world and they're still going to be there. So, like, But they wouldn't because they undid them all. But, but the only proof that it affects the physical world, not just your personal memories, is the fact that he has to get his GED. Mm. Yeah. So... um. Because at first I'm like, man, that's kind of a plot hole, and then it's like they don't say it. It, it. You might miss it. You might. You don't. Yeah. But as you said, he makes a new suit and he goes out swinging again. Uh, there's a lot of promise and a lot of cool stuff they could do. Here's the two things I, I definitely want to see: Black Cat on screen. I want to see. Now it's like he's doing his thing, and there's this Felicia Hardy girl that he's kind of got the cutes for, but. He was in love with MJ, man, you know, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do this stuff. But then Black Cat, you have this dichotomy of Black Cats into Spider-Man. Felicia, Pete might have some kind of chemistry and it, neither it one of them. carries over. Neither one of them exactly know right away. It's almost like that Batman Catwoman type deal, right? Yeah. But uh, I want to see that. I want to see a black suit. I want to see that symbiote rear his head. I wouldn't mind if he if they did another trilogy and it wasn't even in the next one. Establish Pete first before you start getting into the like a more darker part of that story. That'd be cool. Um, but the other thing that I want to see, because this might make it to where Tom Holland only has to make a couple more, utilize Tom, Tom's Pete, to introduce Miles, which has already been introduced in the MCU. His name physically mentioned and also referenced as the nephew of Aaron Davis, who becomes Nightprowler, actually. Introduce Miles. Uh, Because I feel like you can do something very similar to what they just did in in the video game, where you can have, hey, uh, yeah, so I I can kind of show you the ropes here. And you could have Tom kind of be like the elder, even though he's still learning stuff. And... You could set it up to where Tom can kind of like ride off into the sunset himself after maybe another couple movies, and then he can be like, "All right, kid, go get him. It's you." And you can have Miles, the kid playing Miles, take over. I mean, I personally like I like that you know two two would be like a nice you know even number and whatnot. But if we could get the double trilogy, like the second six movies or whatever, mm-hmm. and it focus like think about it, he does the college thing, he goes through with Felicia, doesn't work out, gets back with MJ eventually. It's this great return. Now he's an adult, he's moving into the next phase. What really quick, I I, I would like Felicia to be a recurring character all all throughout. I don't want her just to be a villain and then not appear. I want. Oh her yeah, be- no, you would keep using her as a prod to Parker to like you know maybe sometimes she can make him uh, do things he wouldn't normally do per se and get himself into stickier situations than he would like to find himself because she's good with twisting her words to get what she wants from him, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you know really clever. But um, in the third set of the trilogies, he'd obviously be an adult. Pete's trying to be a family man. Now he has officially reached who. Tony. 
it's the same thing. And Tony is ready to settle down, right? He he made those sacrifices to attempt to settle down. And Pete's now going to do those same things. And that's when you introduce Miles. You know, he's the kid. You know, I can't do this. You have better skills. You know, they there's so much good shit they could do with that story. Really, I'm 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 really looking forward to whatever comes. But they have a lot of opportunities. I'm super excited for what the future holds. Uh, it, it's really awesome and fitting that Spider-Man got to have such a big film. The culmination between twenty years, twenty man. years of Spider-Man films. We got to we got to this point. It was almost like its own little mini in-game. Um, really, 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 really cool stuff going on with that. And I mean, it had a lot of payoff. If you've been watching these movies for this many years, they made it j- just like how Endgame made Thor. Uh, dark dark world relevant made it made it to where you kind of have to watch it this movie made it to where you got you should go back and rewatch the Raimi trilogy even the third one you know go back and rewatch the, the the amazing movies even the second one right where it's like man these aren't the best movies altogether but they tie in really well now they tell a much much bigger story and it, and it has somewhat of a payoff you know so it's cool I'm down. I love the movie. It's got a few little pacing issues, but as I said, the the few little negatives that I can nitpick aren't even worth mentioning because it was a good ride and I was gladly and happily entertained. Me too, bro. I loved this movie. I'm glad we have finally gotten back together to do a podcast. Absolutely. Doing sir. a podcast. Um, but I think Brando, that, that's, I mean, if we were going to rate the movie, I'm giving it like five stars out of five stars i loved it it's so hard for me to want to rate it because it's like i don't even remember what i rated any of the other movies and 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 put it into context um for me um it's an it's a the the only thing that i will say for me it is a uh very very much net positive movie yes Uh, and so if if there's anything here to nitpick and there probably is just go and watch the damn movie and have fun with it because it's worth, it's, it's definitely worth that, uh, in spades. So. All right, man. Well, Brando, we know where we can get the podcast. So let's tell our fine folks here. Don't forget to go to journey to comics.com. Go to all the different podcasting platforms. You know them. I'm not going to mention them because we're on all the major ones. Just search journey into comics network. You'll get our feed. We've got a bunch of awesome content from the past that's down there. Go check it out. We do look forward to the future. We're going to try not to have another five-month hiatus. We're going to try to not let 2022 kick our ass nearly as bad as 2021 has and uh, whip the Great Depression's ass. Yeah, we're going to um, get together and talk about a future of what and where and when and how often the show will be going forward. Uh, as of right now, don't expect it to be every week. Um, it may, there might not even be another episode for this calendar year. Uh, but after the holidays, see. going into the next year, we're going to try and get together and, uh, and and do more episodes to talk about what cool stuff has been coming out. Hell yeah, man. All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics. This has been Journey into Comics 345. Maybe this one's the latest hiatus. I don't know. We'll figure that out <laughs> on the flip side. I've been Nate. I've been Brando. And as always, folks, pop your caps back and fill your brains with multiversal shit. Later, guys. <laughs>